Hello, I'm Kent Brockman, and this is I on Springfield. Welcome to him and I on Springfield. Wait, doesn't that make it me and me on Springfield? Well, I mean, you can do it by yourself if you want, mate. I can take the hint. <laughs> okay, let's try that again. Welcome to him and I on Springfield. Now there. This is a podcast by two lifelong Simpsons fans who go back and watch every episode right from the very start. We'll take a look at things that worked, things that didn't, the comedy, the couch gags and the characters before giving each episode a score out of eight. From time to time, we're also going to look more in depth at running themes, the evolution of the show and just the things that we absolutely love about this powerhouse of comedy. Let's do this. Hello, um, this is the first episode of Him and I on Springfield. My name's John. And my name's Mike. And we're going to watch The Simpsons. Um, it's a show that it's just brilliant, isn't it? It's been in my life for as long as I can remember. I think pretty much all of my idea of comedy has come from this show when I think back to it now. And um, it's, yeah, it's just something that's always been there. And I think it always will be. And, and now that it's on Disney Plus, why don't we just watch it again, Mike? Why don't we do that? Absolutely. I mean, it's funny because I was thinking the other day about, I remember for my, maybe my sixth or seventh birthday, I had a, a Bart Simpson cake. Nice. I'd never seen The Simpsons at all, but I knew that there was this, this thing that was in the world that existed. That, yeah. Like, and I, you know, I was, I'm, I mean, I was what, say, this was ni- early 90s and already, mm. you know, in the early 90s, despite the fact the first episode aired in 1989, it was already so big that you know, Bart Simpson's face was on cakes and T-shirts and everything like that. And that's in in the space of, what, three, four, five years or whatever it was. That's pretty impressive going. Yeah, I think I remember The Simpsons as a thing before I'd even seen it, you know. Like, I think it was a, a cultural thing, you know. It's, as you say, it's on T-shirts, there's toys everywhere. Like, all the kids at school were going on about it. And I don't think anybody had actually seen it at that point because, you know, it was like, this American thing that was this brand new. And obviously back then we didn't even have like Sky TV when it first started, as far as I remember. I think that's one of the interesting things is that like, it, it's such an American staple, but it's done so well internationally. It's such a huge success across the world. You know, you'd be hard pressed to find a country, I imagine, that, that hasn't heard of The Simpsons or who isn't aware of it in some capacity. And that just shows Absolutely. how like, how incredibly uh, just ingenious and innovative and everything the show was at the time to have this kind of longevity yeah i mean it was it was groundbreaking i mean it was it was a cartoon yeah there's been thousands of those but it was for adults and everybody's like well what's this like like an actual thing that everybody can watch and i think you just have to look at what's come since If, if you think about anything that pixar's done or anything like that they work because they're for everybody absolutely and I mean, you look at things like Family Guy and stuff like that, you wouldn't have Family Guy without The Simpsons. You wouldn't have Rick and Morty without The Simpsons because all of them have taken that that kind of idea of, oh, an animated TV show, film, whatever it is, isn't just for, for kids. It can be for the entire family. Yeah, I mean, like those obviously are uh, very much for adults, you know. They're, they're, <laughs> they're not the kids' things. But well, I think 
that's the um the really sort of massive crossover appeal that it had was that yes it was a cartoon so all the kids got on board with the characters you know like Bart as a thing before Homer became the star I guess um and that was just everywhere you couldn't get away from it it was it was brilliant but um yeah it's um what what are your first memories of the show Mike I mean maybe not the show but the Simpsons generally obviously you've got all those toys and things but can you remember where you were when you first like, heard about the Simpsons I really can't like I said I think I think I remember having it on t-shirts and and I remember oh, I had like a I think a folder in primary school that had a picture of Bart Simpson on it saying eat my shorts <laughs> and I had no idea I didn't even know what eat my shorts meant I just remember having a folder with it and I can remember the folder vividly yeah. uh, but I, I couldn't tell you what it was and I don't think I actually started watching it until much later in primary school possibly even at the beginning of secondary school. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm trying to remember what like the first episode I watched was, and I really can't. No. I mean, I, I don't really have any memories of the show beyond it being on, if you know what I mean. Yeah. I think um, it was a big event when it was on. And I, I remember this quite clearly when when I was young. We, we got satellite TV, as it was called back then, before it was just Sky. And um, we got... Well, where I lived, I'm not going to paint too vivid a picture of it, but we didn't live in a normal house. And my dad had to go up onto the roof of this building, which was a very tall building, shall we say, um, and had to try and get a satellite signal. We had walkie-talkies and I was there, I think eight years old or something, 1991, I think it was, just trying to, to say to him, yeah, there's a signal on the screen. And I think one of the very first things that we put on was the Simpsons because it was the big thing. We got Sky One. Sky One's big event was the Simpsons. And um, yeah, I just remember it being a special thing without actually remembering any of the specifics. And like watching it back now is, is crazy because like it doesn't feel special enough in a way, these very first episodes. You're never going to get a sense of how... how- innovative and groundbreaking it was at the time you, you just kind of get this kind of i think for us watching it back we kind of get that sort of flood of nostalgia but if someone else watched it i think I'd, I'd like to think that someone who's never seen the simpsons could still watch this first episode and go actually you know what there's there's, there's themes and tones within this that resonate now just as much as they would have done then definitely i think that's the biggest thing that i noticed from this episode watching it back again is that it just works on every level. It's just a Christmas thing. It's a, you know, it's a, a Christmas piece of inter- entertainment, much in the same kind of vein as Home Alone or any of those, you know, classic American Christmas shows, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that's, that's a good point to introduce the first episode that we've watched, I think. For sure. So it was called Simpsons Roasting on an Open Fire. Um we, I'm pretty sure that IMDb is wrong, but we think it aired first uh, in December 1989. So it was the first, uh, the only episode of The Simpsons to actually air in the 80s. Yeah, of course, there was um, all of the, the short versions of the show that were on the Tracy, Tracy Ullman, Ullman show. show. Yeah, I don't think I ever saw any of those, but I think I remember. Um, I think when when The Simpsons switched to, to Channel Four in the UK, they yeah. did like a special night to sort of you know launch it on Channel Four. And one of the things they did was kind of looked back at the history of it and they did show a couple of the uh, the episodes from the Tracy Ullman show. And I just remember thinking that 
the animation. We, you look back at it like this first episode, and you think the animation looks a little bit weird now. <laughs> you should see it then. It's yeah, it's man, it's terrifying, it's <laughs> sketchy as hell. But um, I mean, what actually on that point, one thing I did notice when I know I'm kind of skipping ahead a bit, but when I saw the credits for the end of this episode, I noticed it was um the I don't know how to say this. It's like Supo or Cuspo or something. Yeah, Gabe or Cuspo. Does that ring a bell with you? No, I'm not sure it does, mate. So th- this is the animation producer, and I remember that name from Nickelodeon way back in the day. Oh, wow. Because it was um, the people who did Rugrats. That's oh, why I remember that name Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I had a little look into this, and apparently, um, I think it was Super... I can't even say it. Cuspo. It is Cuspo. I always read it as Cuspo, but it's Cuspo. Um, but he apparently did the first three series of The Simpsons. And I didn't know this, but like watching that very first episode and the really sketchy nature of that cartoon, you can see that it's pretty similar to Rugrats, actually. There's a lot of the same kind of drawing in there and that kind of style, which is uh, something I never noticed before. It's interesting. Though. I mean, you know, just again, going massively off topic, I do think Rugrats was another one that was kind of... It was uh, it was definitely more geared towards towards children, but there were still some bits in that that were a bit um, <laughs> oh, big time, <laughs> a, bit, a bit geared at the adults who uh, had to watch it with the kids. But wasn't uh, there um, Rugrats all grown up as well? Yeah, that's just weird. that's a bit weird. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I got on board with that. I wasn't down with the uh, the grown up Rugrats. It's just weird. Although that did. Uh, that did kind of, you know, I think one of the things with The Simpsons that's baffled people for years is the fact that it's on, what, series 34 now or something like that? And, you know, Bart's still 10 and Lisa's still 8 and Maggie's still 1 or whatever she is. Yeah, but um, I mean, they play up to it so much. It's kind of one of the best things about that show is that it's so knowing. They know what they're doing the whole time and they, they refer to it. I was watching a little clips um, thing on YouTube about... Um, all of the times they just rip it out of the Fox Corporation. <laughs> it's absolutely brilliant. But um, it's it's one of the things that's really endearing about The Simpsons is it just knows exactly what it is. Anyway, back to the episode. So the, the, uh, the synopsis on IMDb is, the family is forced to spend all their savings to get Bart's new tattoo removed, and with no money for Christmas, Homer is forced to become a store Santa. Well, there you go. It's um, it's an interesting one. I think there's there's all kinds of bits in there that don't really add up in in various ways, but it does get to the point very quickly. I mean, it, it is squeezing a lot of storyline into twenty minutes or whatever it is. I think it's really really interesting that I mean, this is this is the first episode, and, and my understanding is that it wasn't in, wasn't planning on being the first episode, but I think they. They they their schedule was pushed back or something, and then you know the the first opportunity to air one of the episodes was just before Christmas, so they decided to make this Christmas one uh, yeah. the first episode. Do, do you know which um, one was meant to be the first episode? I'm just I, trying to think. I guess it must have just been the second episode, which is Bart the Genius. I guess that that might have been the original first episode, and the the the, the Christmas one might have been floating somewhere in the middle. But if that's the case, then you kind of look at this first episode and go, well. This is this is this is a perfect introduction to all of the characters that we know and love today. Yeah. yeah, I mean I was gonna say that. I think like it'll be interesting to watch that second episode and 
don't want to jump ahead again, but like I can't remember that at all. But I mean, this episode, as you just said, it introduces all of the the main characters, like in in a really concise manner, and they you see who they are straight away. I mean, obviously they evolve over time, but you know you get the fact that Lisa is a genius essentially. Bart is a Hellraiser, you know, Homer's a bit dumb, but essentially okay. Uh, Marge's archetypal mother, she's, you know, loving and caring and just wants the family to be happy. And then you've got obviously like Patty and Selma and all of those kind of people, they come in and it's it's just done in such a bang, bang, bang kind of way. It's great. Well, that's the thing. I mean, you know, within the first, what, three, four minutes of the show, probably maybe even less than that, you've got Homer and Marge driving to the to the performance and you straight away get an idea of who they are simply because Marge is telling Homer to drive carefully and Homer's saying, but we're late, we need to get there kind of thing. But he doesn't seem that happy about where they're going. And then you get Bart yeah. um, singing the wrong words for jingle bells and getting you know yanked out by his teacher and you got lisa doing something that no eight-year-old should be allowed to do ever <laughs> no no it's so wrong man that whole thing it's it's just so well it's sexual isn't it it's, it's messed up it's a bit of a weird one it it when, i remember I, I don't remember how i felt about that the first time i saw it but watching it this time around i was a bit that's weird <laughs> i think it's probably a, a sign of the times isn't it that seeing someone like lisa who's eight years old doing that kind of thing on stage it's just like it makes you feel creepy you know i think i think that is a sign of the times i think that there are certain things throughout the simpsons that we can we can look at where we kind of go well you know that that just you wouldn't get away with that in this day and age well the bit as well where homer takes bart into the little um you know the little santa's grotto thing just to (laughs) to talk to him it's just like (laughs) My Alarm God. bells would be ringing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's all over CCTV yeah, in the morning. Exactly. Oh, God. Is, I mean, I think the the thing that with this whole episode that I I I just loved it, and I think it's I think it's again, I'd love to talk to someone who's never seen The Simpsons, stick them in front of this episode, and see how they feel about it. But for me, someone who grew up in you know, I, I was five in nineteen ninety, mm. so. I had like the best of the 80s and the 90s sort of Christmas films. And there was a great kind of collection of Christmas films that all came out sort of in the 80s and 90s. And that was kind of like where all sort of the staple Christmas films come from, in my opinion. Yeah. And if you look at all of those Christmas films, you can see sort of hints of all of them within this one episode. Absolutely. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's kind of what I was saying before. I think it's, it just feels like Christmas, doesn't it? It's got all of those staple things that appear in your home alones and your your national lampoons and all all of that kind of stuff that's probably not the best example but th- those john hughes kind of films and yeah well, it's like the the christmas story as well i mean the 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 one that kind of sprung to mind for me which is interesting because it came out after this episode was jingle all the way which yeah. is a story about a, a dad who is trying to give his kids his son the best christmas he can and the, the turbo man doll <laughs> exactly <Yeah. laughs> and you think about like the thing that with flanders in this one like flanders i think changes quite substantially over the over the course of the series and it'll be interesting to see what he's like in subsequent episodes after this one but in this one yeah. he's very much that kind of that oh that sort of showing off neighbor the sort of he's a bit more like the character in jingle all the way yeah he's mr jones isn't he he's, yeah. he's like he's that guy next door who's who's better than you you know 
And I think how they kind of, I'd, I'd love to talk to the writers of the show and talk to them about why, you know, the evolution of Flanders, particularly as a character, why did he, why did he go from being almost someone who's like the, the polar opposite of Homer? And he's clearly sort of more intelligent. He's clearly more well off. He's, he's can give his kids everything. Why did they turn him from someone who was so obviously polarized to Homer into someone who was actually, I don't know, a bit more, uh, just more sort of the Christian do-good kind of thing, which which yeah. Homer's is not the opposite of Homer. Um, I found I found that quite interesting. That I think they probably started off with that idea, and then they've yeah. now kind of changed it slightly to be something slightly well, different. I think. I mean, this is just my kind of perception of it, but my take on it was that when the show was just kind of kicking off, it got quite a lot of backlash from kind of the conservative side of America. You know, the obviously being that it was on Fox as well, it's very Republican, it's very Christian in its nature and all that kind of stuff. So it makes me wonder whether they they saw all of these people saying, Oh, look, Bart Simpson is a bad role model for kids and just thought, Okay, well, we need to put some light and shade into the show and and show not just like the worst parts of America, but put put in somebody who can balance that, even if they are like a, a comedy fall guy like Flanders turns out to be for a lot of the time it's um it does at least add that into it it makes it a bit more balanced I don't know that was just my kind of like take on the situation it's really interesting I mean there was which president was it who said um that the families in America should be more like the Waltons and less like the Simpsons <laughs> yeah and it's like it's a famous thing you know it's a famous quote that did the rounds and and that probably I wouldn't. I'd love to know how much of the Simpsons' success can be credited to that one, that one idea. Yeah. Who was the um the censor woman? You know the the one who got the parental advisor advisory stickers on everything. Oh, what's she called? It's going to bug me now. Um, this is really great content, Mike. I was, was going to say we're going to have like a five minute recess while we <laughs> while we figure out uh, who this person is. No, I mean it was like the spokesperson for the you know the conservative right in america just being outraged at you know the children being corrupted and all that kind of stuff but um i wonder if that quote was from from them or was around that time anyway but yeah it's um it is very interesting how the show has evolved and i think you know other things along those kind of lines is that we get the first glimpse of ralph wiggum right at the start who's a completely different character and I think it's another one that I'd be really interested to, as we're going to watch each episode and go through, I can't wait to see at what point he becomes the Ralph Wiggum that we know and love today. Yeah. And whether it's like, I mean, there were one of the things that I was really interested by, and I guess it's the same in a lot of kind of other sitcoms, you know, live action sitcoms, you have background characters that come to the forefront and become kind of more sort of supporting players as the, as the show goes on. And I'm thinking of shows like... Um, community and stuff you know you, you have the main mm. group in community and then you have people like leonard and starburns and chang and all these other people who kind of start <laughs> off as like you know they some of them start off as slightly more major players some of them start off as literally just cameo guys yeah. and then you know you get into series three four five and whatnot and they actually have their own little storylines their own little backgrounds and some history and they just become a bit more they come to the forefront a little more. And I think it's the same in The Simpsons that I, I couldn't help but notice that obviously there's, you know, Ralph and Barney and Milhouse and 
Smithers, I think I Smithers, you yeah. don't see a lot of him. Skinner, Mr. Burns, there's all these characters who got their first introduction. And there's people like Sherry and Terry who you can see singing oh, in the God, choir. Yeah. And there's just all these characters you kind of go, oh, they're, they all made this appearance in the very first episode. And then at some point someone went, well, let's take that person because we've already got the animation for it and, and give them more to do. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see like that initial kind of cast list that was drawn up, you know, like how, how they went about doing it and sort of the, the world that they planned, because so much of it is the same throughout the entire show, you know, from that very first episode. I mean, there's little differences. I mean, we, we were talking about this before where like um, the house is the same, you know, the layout is the same as it's always been. You've got that front room in the front and then you've got the, the kind of TV room in the back with the kitchen off the side of it. And that doesn't change, you know, but like there are there are bits that have evolved. I mean, one thing I noticed was um, how nice is Moe's Tavern in this episode? <laughs> My God. It's a far cry from the Moe's Tavern that's, uh, that appears a bit later on, isn't it? <laughs> it's it's unreal. It's like a, I would like to go to Moe's, you know. It looks um, it looks more like Moe's family feedback than it does uh, Moe's Tavern. <laughs> oh, I love that episode. It's so good. It, I mean, it is, it's, yeah, I mean, it's just how much, I, I think for everything that that has evolved throughout the course of the show, the thing that, like, if you watch this episode of The Simpsons and then watched one of the episodes from, like, series 20 or whatever, I think mm. the thing that you would still find is that that core essence of what The Simpsons is all about is probably still there. Yeah, and it's for like, sure. It's the, I mean, I think Homer sums it up really nicely. When it, when mm. Santa's little helper jumps into his lap and says, "He's a loser. He's pathetic. He's a Simpson." It's perfect. It's, it is it's just <laughs> the perfect intro to the entire the entire thing for thirty series. You it's, know? it's incredible. It's that kind of like the ultimate underdog, literally like that sort of underdog story. And in every single episode, it's all about the Simpsons losing, but through that loss, they gain more in the long run and you think that's what an incredible message to actually give to people is that it's not necessarily just about winning it's about about what you can gain through that experience and everything absolutely yeah and i think there's there's hints of that throughout this episode where you kind of would assume there's going to be a particular reaction to something but because it's the simpsons they do it in a particularly sort of different way so the thing i'm really thinking about is bart gets this tattoo right and he's done a bad thing. Like they kind of half knew he was going to do it already, but they spent all the Christmas money on getting it removed. And he doesn't get told off for it really at all. <laughs> like it doesn't, he just gets away with it completely. And it's like, <laughs> what the hell, man? It's like how I would never hear the end of that if, if I was a kid and I got that time. Your mum would love it. <laughs> Let's not go there, Mike. <laughs> it's um it's just mental though i mean like i think that because it's the simpsons they're just like yeah well that's what bart does and i think that really establishes that character as that bad kid you know that they just expect bad things of i think i think all of these characters i think actually for me the only character who didn't have that um who didn't really like come through as much as she maybe has done in later episodes was marge yeah. Like I think I think Homer I mean it, it was Homer's episode without a doubt and I think that Homer and Bart's relationship in this episode was so well established and is so well like so clearly defined for the rest of the 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 show. Yeah. And like Lisa she had that one line about saying 
you know, please don't trash my father because he's the, you know, he's the sort of the only, my, my male role model and everything. And he's frail just like anybody else. And she kind of sums up a lot of kind of quite deep and philosophical thoughts about her father and, and her relationship with him. But that kind of encapsulates who she is as a person. And I, I found it funny that she did that immediately after cheering for the happy little elves. Yeah, it's so weird, isn't it? It's, it's such, like a, that. such a juxtaposition. It's yeah, because so... she's just like, yay! Like that. And, and then it... suddenly she's like this un- this monologue about like how you shouldn't... Slag off your know, father. Like, disparage people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's, it's no, just... It's, it... It says it's a lot about who she yeah. is. Like, I think that's kind of, it, to me, that sort of sums her up and it sums her, her up and how she is. You know, she's she's eight years old and yeah. she is still a child, but at the same time, she has got this intellect that, that puts her above other people. So, yeah, for me, it was it was Marge just didn't really have, I don't think she had that opportunity to shine as much as she does in later episodes. For sure, yeah. I mean, I, I guess in a way, that character has been, I don't know, not not kind of ignored over the over the years but it's not the strongest character marge you know i mean like she she has been established as a standard mother you know and that that is really quite horrible when you think about it now i don't think you'd get away with having a character that's that i mean she's not two-dimensional at all but like in this episode especially in like the early ones she doesn't get a fair rub of the green really as a as a character to really evolve and shine as like the other ones do but um yeah, it's it is an odd one. I think that yeah, I mean they they couldn't squeeze all of that in. I mean it's ama- it's amazing that they got so much in 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 that short space of time. The fact that Lisa is essentially the most intelligent person on the show, you know, the entire yeah, show. Absolutely. And I think that that also sets the show up to be way more intelligent than it needed to be. I mean if if you look at it on the face of it, you've got a stupid dad, you've got a bad son. Um and then you've got these kind of periphery characters, but you didn't need to have an eight-year-old girl who, you know, can solve the world's problems essentially. Yeah. And that's what she does with that monologue. It's, it's incredible. And they didn't need to do it. And yet they did. And as you say, like she was going, yay for happy little elves to begin with. And then. She launches into this. It's brilliant. I mean, I think it just, it's a testament to the writers on the show. And it's the same as things like, um, you know Monty Python and things like that. You know, you watch this the, some some sort of classic comedy and things like that, and you think it's quite silly and quite uh, easy watching and stuff like that. But you don't realise that actually the people who are writing this they understand comedy, they understand how it works, they understand they're intelligent people who know how to put things together to make it work. They know what combination of characters work together, and there's yeah. much more thought that goes into this. And I think by having Lisa as, as that sort of intelligent character, there, you know, it's that kind of that opportunity to say, yeah, we know that, you know, some of these characters are sort of dumbed down and, and it's that kind of middle America sort of uh, typical family. But then they've thrown Lisa in as this kind of completely atypical genius child. Yeah. It's just a kind of a, I don't know, I just find it, I found it really interesting. And I, I really, I really liked how they kind of introduced her character with that sort of you know, one minute segment and I particularly enjoyed Patty's reaction to it. <laughs> what did she say? She's like, <laughs> go back to your cartoons, dear. <laughs> That's the one. It's great because I think really in, in that little segment, there's something for everyone, right? Because that's funny. Like that exchange is funny. I mean, I know it's like pretty much one-sided, but everybody can get that. Like, even if you didn't 
get in tune with what Lisa was saying. You're just like, yeah, this is boring. It's got morals and stuff. I just want comedy. You still laugh at that joke at the end. And it also has all of this emotion in it, you know, and it sets the show up to to not be dumb. It sets it up to be... There's more to it. There's more philosophical... Yeah. There's depth to it. There's and It's like an onion, Mike, or a parfait. <laughs> Excellent, good. Yeah. <laughs> just just uh, <laughs> bouncing around the animated classics right now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, and even the sort of, you know, Patty's reaction to it is that kind of, that also sets up how her family, how Lisa's family sees her. And like, and this, yeah. this isn't an episode about Lisa at all. You know, there are other episodes where she, she is the, the sort of the protagonist within it. But within this one, she is, she is simply just there as, as the sort of the daughter and sister of, of Bart and Homer, who are very much kind of central to this. Yeah, and yeah, sure. within that sort of one minute section, you've managed to pretty much encapsulate absolutely everything about Lisa. Yeah, for the for the rest of the running of the show, and I think I'm, I can't wait to watch some of the future episodes and see whether there's you know other other bits, particularly in this first series, I guess, where we kind of get introduced to characters and you you, you discover who these characters are within mm. twenty thirty seconds of meeting them, and that's set up that character yeah. for the for 34 series it's brilliant i mean i suppose the the um the benefit of having a show that goes on this long and having the the network support to actually carry on with it because you don't get that these days you know shows get cancelled after one series if they're not hitting the marks and so much competition but like back then they had this amazing platform where they could evolve characters and like you know really refine them and dig into what people react to, what people really love. But even watching this first episode, they didn't even really need to do that because it's so well established right from the start. And I think that just shows like the quality of the the writing, the quality of the the thought behind it and the, the general gist of the show was nailed down from day one. It's fantastic. There were a couple of things. I, I particularly enjoyed the fact that Despite the fact that this is the first episode, even if it's, you know, what, whatever episode this was meant to be, they've got Icarumba and Dope in there <laughs> straight they away. Did. And they also got, I noticed the um, right at the very end of the singing around the piano, they got Homer Strangling Bart as well. I yeah, yeah. Realised that came in so soon. Well, they got him, didn't he say, why are you little to the, uh, to the to Santa teacher <laughs> as well? Yeah. There's just there's just all these little little staples that you just kind of go. This is it's incredible how how well established all of these characters are from day one, and they've kind of just taken yeah. something that clearly worked right from the get go. Yeah, and I, I wonder actually if um, you know when all of that merchandise came out and they had like all of the um, the little quotes on there, like the eat my shorts and and all that kind of stuff. Like in this episode, Bart says, "I'm Bart Simpson. Who the hell are you?" And I remember that from like way back when I yeah. think just the people who made the merchandise watched that first episode and were like yeah that'll do yeah maybe, maybe yeah we know the show's going to be a hit so let's just take some lines from the first one and then when they went and got yeah. printed on a t-shirt the, the showrunners decided to just stick it in as many episodes as possible it's yeah, amazing maybe. it's just incredible isn't it there's um, a few little bits in this show that just this particular episode that didn't really make sense but I love them anyway so when they go to the, the dog track and both Barney and Homer take their thirteen dollars they've made being Santa Claus, and you know, with they, inflation, they have... that's probably like you know thirty. So you know, <laughs> okay, all right, but let, let's let's call it an even thirty, shall we, in today's money? But like, even so, that dog that Barney 
bets on, right? It was nine to one, was it? Or 10 to one? Ten, yeah, like 10 that. to one, yeah. So when Barney wins, if he's put $13 down, what's he getting back? He's getting back, what, $130 or something? I can't Whatever enough, it's towards. enough for a sports car on Daria. Well, this is what I was saying. Yeah, it's <laughs> like, how, what a country, man, like in the words of Dr. Nick. But, um, well, yeah, but this is, like, this is 1989, remember? <laughs> like, True. So with inflation, yeah, which <laughs> never work these days. It's the age of the yuppie, I suppose. But, um, well, that's, that, I think that's something else that potentially, I don't know, would would uh, would they get away with Barney just driving off with Daria in the car these days? <laughs> I, I don't know. I had a really strong memory that it was like a bunch of strippers in the car, but it's just <laughs> Daria, isn't it? That'll be, that'll be future episodes without a doubt. Well, exactly. It's episode it's one, isn't it? Like they haven't got the budget for seven strippers in the car. Yeah, and they don't they don't have the uh, confidence to get past the censors, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Oh, uh, the other thing was the the animation. And we we touched on this before, but my god, man, when when they're face on, when it's the characters just look at the camera, it is terrifying. My god, I I think they um they tuned this out quite quickly, didn't they? I don't think they did it much. I mean, it's going to be interesting to watch a bit more of these first few series, but I think there's wow. definitely um <laughs> oh, there's definitely like a you you watch other cartoons, you know, uh, before The Simpsons came out, things like sort of um, Hanna Barbera and and you know Disney stuff and things like that. I think there's there's a few things that The Simpsons did which are kind of reminiscent of stuff that was done in those ones. There's a bit of that kind of rubber face stuff. You think about yeah. like Wiley Coyote, Wiley Coyote and uh, Roadrunner stuff. There's always that kind of slightly rubber um, movement to characters, and I think mm. The Simpsons kind of started off with a bit of that. I remember there's another one episode later on. Um, where I remember, I always remember one of the characters turning their face, and it scares the bejesus out. <laughs> and it's like I think there's um, there's a there's an Instagram account called Cursed Simpsons. Isn't there? It's just <laughs> oh, just like all of these face on shots. Yeah, it's 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 terrifying. And I think uh, <laughs> I, I think you're right that they they kind of I think they they got more confidence in the in the animating uh, uh, the style that they had and they kind of they went less cartoony i mean there's some episodes where you know the characters completely changed color to sort of expression mm. express emotion and stuff like that and i think they they started doing away with sort of typical animation things yeah uh, and almost went slightly more realistic later on um, I guess the other thing is they were bashing it out so quickly at this point in time with like no budget as well. So there's got to be a, a bit of that. But I guess, you know, like the animation being better isn't necessarily a good thing. I mean, if you look at the most recent episodes, the ones that are all done by computer, they're just it's not the same. It is soulless, isn't yeah. it? I, there's it's no not reason the for that. It's it's just that I think it's a nostalgia thing probably, but uh, yeah. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be fun to watch that evolve. I think. I yeah no I can't I can't wait. I'm really excited. There's a couple of episodes sort of throughout the first I don't know first eight series or so that I have really fond memories of. Um, and yeah. it's things like you know who shot Mr. Burns Part One and Two. That was, I mean that was a huge kind of that was God, a yeah, that, was, like, that was that was like it was a full on event. Yeah, it? It was. I, I know like Sky sold so many subscriptions off the yeah, back of that. I bet they did. They were going crazy. I think they had like Simpsons branded set top boxes and all that kind of stuff. All this started on, you know, the Tracy Ullman show with a couple of shorts. And the next thing you know, you've got a global phenomenon that, that changed it's, the face of, of history, really. Yeah. It's madness, my friend. I mean, like this, this could not happen again. You know, no, I think no. we, 
Absolutely really, not. you know, this, this isn't uh, Mike and John talk about their childhood thing, but we did live in the golden age of entertainment, I think, really. I mean, like, obviously now you've, you can get anything you want at any time on a billion different channels, as it were, like, you know, your subscription streaming stuff. I sound like a real old man now, don't I? It's because you are, man. I know, your streaming channels. <laughs> um you know, social media and all that kind of stuff. And it's it's everywhere and you, you can get anything at any point. Whereas this was just like, it was the thing. There wasn't anything else like The Simpsons. There was nothing to choose from. It's just, this is what you watched. Yeah. But I guess also with that, I don't really recall sitting down to watch it that much. I, I remember a lot more just The Simpsons being, being on, on television. Yeah. All yeah. the time, you know, and it, the really, the thing that stood out about it was that you never turn it off. Oh, no. If it's on, you wouldn't go, oh, I can't be bothered with this. It's just like, yeah, watching that, awesome. I, I, I mean, I'd always get, I'd get in from school and I would, you know, plunk myself down in front of the TV with a snack. I'd probably end up watching Neighbours and then at six o'clock every day without fail, it would be an episode of The Simpsons on BBC Two. And yeah. it would either be one or two episodes. Um, yeah. And it was just, like, it was great. It's just, ah, oh, it's just quality entertainment. Indeed. On that note, shall we go through highlights and lowlights? Have you got anything for this? It's really difficult with this first one because there's so many bits that I'm like, oh, I really love that. Like because we're talking about character introductions and stuff like that, I just think there are so many little bits, little, you know, Bart, Bart and Homer's relationship in this is so sweet and yeah. so. It's so interesting because it's it's not it's not like Homer is a good dad, but he's also not a good dad at the same time. <laughs> and like he's he's desperately trying to do the right thing. And yeah. And Bart supports him in such a way that like it's just just the whole dynamic between those two. You know, Bart Bart looks up to Homer and almost looks up to him and respects him more the more Homer fails. Yeah. Because it's almost reassuring to Bart that it's okay to fail. Because you got, <laughs> I don't know. I just find it. I, I well, find they, that they all... play on that later, don't they? I mean, they, they say, you know, don't try essentially. And they actually yeah. say that out loud. <laughs> yeah, they do. Yeah. But it, it's, it's all established there. And like, they, they didn't need to do any more of it after this first few seasons, I guess, where they've established that dynamic between Homer and Bart, where they are so, they love each other, you know, like they are father and son. That's that's how it works. But if you just went straight into the comedy, like the, if you came into it season six or seven, you wouldn't see any of this come through. I mean, it would be there, but we inherently understand it's there because of these initial episodes. I think that's really interesting. It'd be really interesting to, when we get to that point to see whether or not these kind of, the themes that they introduce at this point are still as obvious or whether they kind of just just i don't know just fall back on it a little bit maybe i don't know it'd be interesting yeah but i I don't like sort of really under well i don't really remember if that has gone in the later episodes but it just it's never been at the forefront of my mind as it was with this kind of episode yeah yeah. you're actually seeing it in action you know but for me i think for this episode bart and homer's relationship just that that dynamic between the two of them is the highlight for me because i think it's it does so much with so little yeah i love it how about you highlight it's a tough one. I mean, like, I think, you know, we've we've gone over so many of the things that make this great from the start. But I mean, I, I think really 
this is a real cop out, but this entire episode is a highlight for me. And it, it's not by any means the best episode of The Simpsons ever. It's, it ranks pretty low on my all time list, I would say. But it does so much with so little time. It, it's just a perfect distillation of what it needed to be at that point. Everything that they did was a good choice in this in this episode. There's there's nothing really that kind of stands out to me as being a, a misstep. You know, like everything serves the show. Everything there is is just exactly what it needed to be. I haven't got a particular thing because I haven't done my homework. But you know, you're right. It is a total <laughs> cop out, but I'll allow it for this first episode. I think. Thanks, thanks. You, but you're a good man. You only allowed one of those per series. <laughs> god damn it how many episodes have we got in this is it 24 per series oh for god's sake no one's gonna listen to 24 of these whose idea is this um i'm blaming you yeah that's fine that's fine so have you got an episode low like though Mm, difficult i i think there's there's missed opportunities and i think this is with the the benefit of hindsight, you you think there's more that could have been done with some of the kind of periphery characters. Like Barney doesn't really, I don't know, I don't empathise with Barney at all. He's just a bit of a bit of a knobhead, really. And where, whereas he, he's always like that, it doesn't change much. But I don't know. I think it, it's possibly just that that bit where he calls Homer Simpson. I find that really jarring. Where he goes, "Come on, Simpson," and it's just like. That doesn't sound like Barney. It doesn't sound like someone's best friend, you know. And there's just little things that aren't quite right, and they they're really great. But there's nothing that I can objectively say was bad about it. It's really interesting. Was 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 Barney established as being the best friend in this episode, or is that just something that's happened later? Good point. Yeah, it probably wasn't sort of meant to be best friend. He's just like a someone a fellow, at the bar, isn't fellow he? barfly. Yeah. I think that's an interesting point, though. I think I think there's going to be things throughout this that where we kind of watch a, an old episode back, and it's going to be interesting to to not use our current knowledge of the characters and where they go when yeah. we look back at stuff. I think that's going to be really interesting. Yeah, for sure. Actually, I do have a low light. It's Lisa's dance. My God, it's just that's, so disturbing. It is weird, isn't it? <laughs> it's so wrong. Weird. I think yeah, it's the coconut bra, isn't it? It's just it's, it's not. a little. It's the fact that that's revealed at the last moment as well. It's like you know, f- for the majority of the thing, she's covered by the the sort of the um the mask, and you kind of think, okay, yeah. I can kind of get away with this. And obviously, they had to reveal that it's her. But the thing that the other thing that, with that one that freaks me out is that she's wearing like a grass skirt, mm. but that's it. She doesn't appear yeah. to be wearing anything else <laughs> on her bottom half, and she's either wearing yellow, you know, leggings. Oh God! But that's I, it. I this is we, it. We're getting into yeah. we're getting into weird territory now. So <laughs> yeah, we need I'm gonna, to stop. I'm going to agree with you on that being my low light as well. I think, uh, or unless we're unless we're adopting it, you can't have the same low light. <laughs> we'll do that later. I think this this time it's allowed because it freaked both of us out. All right, cool, so good. It's all good. Score out of eight. I'm gonna give it a five, and that's kind of, kind of low, being that I said it was a brilliant first episode but again with hindsight you know how amazing the show gets and this episode doesn't show the simpsons for why i love it but it does put all the pieces in place that will allow me to love it in the future so it's it's a good first date i would say you know five out of eight is pretty successful i think yeah i can i I think i'll probably give it a six i think for the same reasons that you've said 
it's one of those episodes that I remember quite well. When I sort of think about, you know, Simpsons episodes that I'm really quite familiar with, this is always one of them. Um, mm. And I think it's largely because, you know, when the, when they all came out on DVD, you know, I bought the series one on DVD and obviously put the first disc in and watched this one. And then every time I kind of went, oh, I really should rewatch The Simpsons, I'd start with this one. <laughs> so I'm pretty familiar with it. And, I, and I, I, yeah. I, do, I do love it as an episode. But there are other episodes where they... Yeah, like you said, it's it's great. It's so good at setting everything up uh, and setting up the relationships and the dynamics and stuff like that. But I think there are other episodes that do more with less, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess the comedy was still evolving, wasn't it? I mean, like, it's there's funny bits in this episode, but it, it's not, like, laugh-out-loud funny, really, in, in any part. I mean, I don't know if that's, again, just hindsight telling us that there's funnier bits, so this isn't funny anymore. But it's more of a an introduction, and in that, it's incredibly successful as a, a piece of entertainment. As like as funny as The Simpsons gets, this doesn't compare. You know? Yeah, but, no, I agree with you on that one. I think there are there are there are classic gags later on that yeah. that just it is pure Simpsons gold in later <laughs> series. And I think this one, like you said, I think it, it perfectly encapsulates everything that The Simpsons is about. Uh, and I think it does absolutely everything a first episode of a show, any show, whether it's animation or live action. It, yeah. it does everything that it has to do and more. Yeah. Um, and I share, sure. yeah, it's just, it's just an outstanding, it is a great first episode, but knowing, knowing some of the other episodes that we've got to come, I can't, I can't give this higher than a six <laughs> without then thinking I can't go higher than an eight. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Right. So we're not going to just talk about every episode one by one. We we can't do that because we take so long to get to so much gold and no one's going to sit through 200 episodes before we get to the uh, the good stuff. So what we wanted to do is do a little feature every week, just focus on a different thing and yeah, just talk a bit about it. So what's the theme we've got this week, Mike? Well, I think for this, and this is, I'm quite, I'm interested to see what we talk about with this one. But we were going to discuss whether or not we think Homer deserves Marge. This is a really, really good question. I um, I think watching that first episode, you, you look at the interactions they have and Homer is such an ape in some of these bits, like where he's trying to find the extension cord or whatever it is he's hunting around in the drawers for. And he snaps at Marge and he's just like, he's just horrible. And then she snaps back and then he's like, oh, I'm just a big kid at Christmas, you know. But I think like that was quite disturbing, actually, in, in this episode. And I know we've tried, kind of moved on from that, but it shows a bit of standard, horrible, like couple dynamic from that point in time. Kind of gone off on a bit of a tangent here, but I think it, it shows like in some ways that like he is definitely the worst of the two of them you know he's um he's not a bright man he's uh he means well but he doesn't know how to articulate that it's it's a difficult question to answer i think if you know if you look at the the later episodes you'd have to say absolutely not because he's just a complete moron in some of those <laughs> i think it's interesting though because I, I almost think that it's it's a question that the writers ask themselves when they're writing some of the episodes yeah you know what i mean like i feel like it's kind of a bit of a uh, you know, you know, you said before about it's very self-referential. They there's there's certain things that they they know that that they you know who their characters are. They know what the show is. They're sort of you know it's a bit meta sometimes. And I yeah. wonder whether or not 
some of the storylines that they come up with, they are kind of highlighting that that you know. There's, there's, I'm trying to think of examples. There's episodes where they go um, back in time, and you see Homer and Marge's relationship when it first started. Mm. And you know, I think Homer proposes to Marge with an onion ring, yeah, <laughs> and stuff like this. And she gets pregnant before they're married, and stuff like that. Yeah, and it's like. I think there are, this this is a question that's kind of been ongoing as they've sort of written the show and they've kind of done certain things to kind of, I don't know, almost lean one way in one episode, but then lean another way in another. Mm. And I think it's really interesting. It's just as a question, like as a question about The Simpsons, I think it's, there are, there are definitely more times when Homer does something stupid where you go, <laughs> there is absolutely no way you deserve Marge because... This episode doesn't do her justice, but in future episodes, you see the amount of stuff that she puts up with from him. Oh, yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. Well, I think as well, what you just mentioned about those um, episodes where they look at when they met, you know, Mar- Marge was really smart back then. Well, I mean, she's smart anyway, but like she was on the up and up, wasn't she? She was, um, you know, an intelligent girl who meets this complete moron and gets her life ruined essentially <laughs> you know? oh, poor homer <laughs> taking like an american hero just ripping him to shreds oh you know i love Homer, <laughs> but yeah i mean i think it's the show does a very good job of glossing over that question in the best possible way because i think it's clear to everybody that marge is better than homer right just generally as a human being but they love each other, you know, and like I think they they complete each other in that way. And if if Homer wasn't so stupid and Marge wasn't so not stupid, you know, she wasn't so caring and doting and loving, they wouldn't work as a a couple. You no, know? I like agree. it is proper opposites attract kind of thing. And I think there are there are episodes where Homer is he does something to redeem himself. Unlike in this one, you know, he, he it's completely accidental that he brings a dog back, but yeah. You know, he always manages, <laughs> it, it kind of goes back to the thing we were saying about, you know, they, they always lose, but the victory that they gain through losing is always, it always seems to be better in the long run. Yeah. And I it's, think- it's interesting that, like, you know, you know, in those quite early episodes, they, they kind of had a segment at the end where it's like, well, we learned something today, you know, like <laughs> yeah. the moral of this is, is that this and this happens. And they really played on that because, you know, if, if you don't do that, you just kind of think, well, how have they got away with this? Yeah, there's no yeah, yeah. kind of, I mean, it's not realistic anyway, but there's no realism in that kind of emotional sense. It's interesting though, because there is actually an episode later on where they do they do that kind of summing up at the end and Marge says, oh, I guess what we've learned from this episode is blah, blah, blah. And then Lisa says, yeah. oh no, you know, that's not what we've learned <laughs> at all. And then someone, she says, oh, well, maybe it's this. And it's like, oh, maybe not. And then it's basically, well, maybe there is nothing to learn from this. <laughs> it's, like, it's just, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's very knowing after a while, but um well, I think that's one of the other things about the show in general is that it does it does continually evolve, and they do kind of recognise that it's you know they they are thirty plus series into it now. Yeah, so it's it is interesting, but yeah, I mean, going back to Homer, I think I think that he he just has that wonderful ability to redeem himself and do one thing that in Marge's eyes can cancel everything else out that he has done to her. Yeah, and, and that's think, that's a beautiful thing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. You know, forgiveness is one of the most incredible human 
trait. You know, it's I'm going to sound like Ned Flanders here, but future series <laughs> Ned Flanders, not a big showy asshole next door. Cool. Well, um, thank you everyone for listening to this first episode of the podcast. Everyone might be no one. It might be just Mike and I. But yeah, we know there's a million Simpsons podcasts out there. So if you've made it this far, thank you very much. And we'll catch you next time on Him and I on Springfield. Are you saying boor burns? I was saying boor burns. <laughs> <laughs>